Welcome. We're glad to have you here. They're giving me the scoot in sign. In case you ever wonder what this is, that's the scoot in sign. Okay, they're giving me the scoot in sign. So if you could do that, we've got more people coming in. Um, looks like we've got a little bit of room up in the balcony if you're headed up that way. We're glad to have you here. I was thinking about her, thinking about me, thinking about us, who we going to be. And I opened my eyes. And it was only just a dream. We've all probably been at that point in our lives, right? One way or another, if you ever love somebody, put your hands up. Come on, Nelly, with me. If you ever love somebody, put your hands up, okay? All of us at one time or another woke up and our relationship was all busted up like poor old Nellie's. We get that, right? I mean, it might have been junior high for you, but at some point along the way, you lost a relationship that was not, that was something that you wanted and it was going away. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about that for a little while. Uh, we're going to talk about flip this marriage. Um, this is fresh to me because uh, my oldest daughter is getting married in less than two weeks right here in this auditorium and you are all invited May 27th at three o'clock, a Friday afternoon. Um, you can clap if you want. Um, we're really, we're, we're excited and you really, you don't have to RSVP. You don't have to bring anything. Don't give them a car. Don't do anything. Just, just come and hang out. It's Friday afternoon, three o'clock. Uh, we've already got the wedding cake done. My redneck relatives in uh, Missouri <laughs> already got that one figured out. Come and come and have a ding dong scones and ding dong. That's what we're going to do. Uh, this series is for you. It's, uh, I'm doing flip this marriage. I don't want you to get the wrong impression. This is not try to become a better person so that you can go out and sell it and find somebody else. Okay. Uh, we've recently, we've lived in our house for over 15 years. And when you live someplace for a while, you got to start doing stuff to it. You replace the furnace, you do those kinds of things, right? We also started realizing there's some things that we didn't like about our house. So we remodeled it. We took the laundry room and we moved it upstairs and we enlarged so that we could have an enlarged kitchen and we added a closet and we, we didn't move any outside walls, but inside we changed everything. And we love the house now because we changed things around. Maybe that's a picture of your marriage. We also did something really easy. We cleaned the carpets this week. How long has it been since you've done that? Wow, it's amazing what color there is underneath there. I mean, maybe for you, your marriage is in, is in, a, in a situation where you've still got that refrigerator, that lime green refrigerator from the 70s. Remember that? And that's still what your house looks like. Or maybe you just need to clean the carpets, but one way or another, the truth of the matter is we all have to work on our relationships. Einstein proved to us in the second law of thermodynamics that any system left to itself is going to what? It's going to deteriorate. It's entropy. It's going to go downward. No system by itself, no marriage, no relationship, no anything. If you leave a car out in the rain, it's not going to get better. It's going to deteriorate. If you don't do anything to work on your marriage, it's going to get worse, not better. And so this is what we're going to talk about. My goal for you in this series is to walk away with a brand new set of granite countertops in your kitchen of your marriage, or at least for Micah that doesn't have the burn marks from when Johnny set the hot skillet on top of it, okay? It's time for us to remodel some things. And, and, and yet, there's more to this than making you happy. Believe me, my, my goal as your pastor is never to make you happy. I, I, that, that, that would be a bad pastor. My, my goal is always spiritual. And I think there's a spiritual side to our marriages that we oftentimes forget. There's nothing like being in a relationship, living with somebody day in, day out to help you to realize what an idiot you are and how much you need to grow. Am I right? I mean, I'm not saying you single people are idiots and you don't know it. I'm saying we're all idiots and we don't know it until we get in close proximity with other people. Now, the truth of the matter is, I was not going to preach about marriage in May. 
That was not my, I wasn't like, oh, my daughter's getting married, I'll do a marriage series. I, I was not going to do that. I did a marriage series a year ago. But, 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 but what happened was, I planned my series pretty far out, and what happened was, we got to Christmas Eve and started reading those detour cards that a lot of you left us. And, and the staff and the elders and the prayer team were overwhelmed with how many of you are struggling with a, with a marriage difficulty. There's something going on in your marriage right now. And our pastoral care people came to me and they said, Tim, you know, we've, we've upgraded to orange on the alert. We're at DEFCON 5, man. I mean, there, there are people, marriages blowing up all over the place. So maybe it would be time for you to do this. And, and, and so that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do this series. Because not, and not only do you need to grow, but you also need, you also need to give a good example to the people that are around us. Jesus said, a new command I give to you, love one another. Love one another. See, the difference between Christianity and any other religion is Jesus said the new thing, the new command, what I really want to have happen for you is I want for Christianity to be known by love. So it's great that we gave out 400 single moms cards last weekend. It's great that we gave 10,000 pairs of shoes a couple of months ago to people that needed it. It's great that we have a mission team in Brazil right now driving up the Amazon on a boat to take medical treatment to people who never get it. It's great that we have a 1,000 kids in the slums of Nairobi that we take care of. It's great that we work in Harvey and Englewood and do all of those things. But if the world just sees that and they don't see the power of God, they don't see the love going on in our homes, they're going to call us humanity which is wonderful, but that's not Christian because Jesus said a new command. I give you that you love one another. Okay. And so that there should be a way that the people can see the power of God in us and an example of Jesus in the church. Here's what Paul said. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will be one flesh. That's the marriage passage going all the way back to Moses. But then he adds, Paul adds this, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. See, we're supposed to be an example of Jesus in the church. Our marriages are supposed to demonstrate that. In my own Bible reading, I try to read the Bible every day. Good idea. And I was in Acts for one of my passages this week. And I was reading the end of Acts where Paul is shipwrecked on this island called Malta. Okay, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. You know, he, he's off. He, he's been imprisoned because of the gospel, and he's shipwrecked on this island. And while they're on the beach of this island, they build a fire because they just came out of the ocean, out of the sea, and they they build a fire there. And Paul goes and gets firewood. Just another example of why working for God doesn't always exempt you from problems. He goes to get firewood, and he gets bit by a snake. And it says in the literal translation, it was a viper. It was a deadly snake. And the villagers who were there knew that Paul was going to die from that snake bite. And they looked at him, and it says in Acts 28, it says they looked at him and they said, wow, whoever that guy is, man, he is a bad person because God is getting him. For he, he was in prison, and then he was shipwrecked on this island, and now he's been bitten by a snake. He must be guilty. That's what they thought. And then what happened? Paul didn't die. Paul, Paul, Paul died a martyr's death. He didn't die from a snake bite. And when he didn't die, the villagers said, wow, there's something supernatural going on there because he should have died from that. See, the problem is your, your marriage is going to get snake bit. You, your, your marriage is going to have problems. The, you know, this economy is killing a lot of people. I understand that. There are things going on in your life. You're not exempt from problems. As, as a married couple in Jesus Christ, you're not exempt from problems. Where people are going to see the power of God is when you get bitten by a snake, when you have these issues and you survive and you stay strong and you glorify God through them. 
That's what the world needs to see, the power of Jesus Christ. And I believe that it can happen. I believe that some of you walked in here and you're, 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 you don't need new countertops. Your house is about to be condemned. You know, it's bad. It's a bad situation. God can heal it. I believe the power of God. I believe in the power of God in your relationships, and I, and I want to prove that. And the world needs to see it. You know, I mean, this whole thing, this American Idol thing, if you watch this year with Chris Medina, who's our local guy from Oak Forest, Chris Medina was a guy who was engaged to this beautiful young woman, and she was in a car accident and has a brain injury and can barely move and can barely talk, and he's still with her, and he's still taking care of her. He wasn't married to her. He's just, he was just engaged to her, but he's still with her, and that was a story. He went on American Idol. He made it to the top 24 or something like that and did really, really well, but a, a part of it was because people were so enthralled with the fact that this guy, this young guy would stay with this woman that he loved even though she couldn't give anything back to him i was enthralled with it too so i've asked chris to come and be with us and he's going to june 4th and 5th weekend he's going to come and hang out he's going to do one of his songs i'm going to interview him for a little bit on stage and talk about commitment because i want to i want to hear about that the world wants to see that why else would the world get up how many of you got up at four o'clock to watch the royal wedding four o'clock in the morning let me see a show of hands there's some guys here i don't know were, were you were you up already I'm hoping you were just like up and you couldn't sleep, okay? Why? Why would you? Why does the world do that? Well, I mean, there's this happily ever after thing, this fairy tale thing is fascinating, right? But Dr. Bonnie Weil, PhD, New York Times bestselling author, said it this way. She said, besides a loving fairy tale, the royal wedding symbolized hope for couples. She wrote, even with over 50% divorce rate, couples have not given up on the hope that dreams can come true and that happy endings are a possibility. Now, look, I know, I, I know that some of you are single, and you're like, I don't, I don't, you know, this isn't going to help me. I, I think it will. I think it will help you to understand and accept one another. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, but I hope you heard Liz Curtis Higgs last weekend on Mother's Day talk about how she was a single person, and the first three sermons that she heard were on marriage, and then the next three were on parenting, and none of it really applied to her, but the Word of God always applies to you, and I, I hope that you'll be open to that. Today I want to start with the differences. I'm calling it garages and closets. Let's start out there, okay? The the garage is for the guys, ladies. I don't know if you know this or not, but keep your junk out of there. You know what I'm saying? It's, It's our space. That's our spot. And the closets, guys, give up on it, okay? That's her spot. That's for her DSW little mini warehouse that she's got going on in there, okay? That's the difference. And if we're going to flip the marriage, we need to understand men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Very, very important that we get a hold of that. And never better illustrated than by this, uh, illustrated from this uh, episode of Friends where Ross and Rachel have just had their first kiss. Ross kissed me. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Okay, all right. We want to hear everything. Monica, get the wine and unplug the phone. Rachel, does this end well or do we need to get tissues? Oh, it ended very well. Oh, you not start without me! You not start without me! All right. Let's hear about the kiss. Was it like was it like a soft brush against your lips, or was it like a you know I gotta have you now kind of thing? Well, at first it was really intense, you know, and then oh god, and then we just sort of sunk into it. Oh, uh, so okay, was he holding you, or, like, or were his hands like on your back? And, you know. No, actually, first they, they were they started out on my waist, and then they slid up, and then they were in my hair. Oh. oh. And uh. 
And then I kissed her. Tom? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's the end of the sermon. That's all. We're so different. God made us different. It's really important that you understand this, okay? You've got to understand this. In the beginning, God created Adam, and he put him in the garden, and everything was perfect. There was no pain. There were no tears. Everything was perfect, except he was alone. He was lonely. It says in Acts 2, verse 18, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. The first thing that was not good in humankind was the fact that we were alone. Why? So what does God do? Does he, does he, does he make another guy and put a case of beer down there and say, it just doesn't get any better than this? No, he didn't. He, he made woman. He made somebody who was vastly and completely different than the man. It says, I will make a helper suitable for him. That word helper or help me, it means that, 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 that she completes him in a completely different way. That physiologically, biologically, emotionally, and in every other way, she is different, okay? And, and the, the, the thing that you've got to get right up front is that that is true. That's how relationships work, is when you understand that she is different than you and you are different than her. Biologically, Women are different. They've recently found, the Society for Neuroscience found that women's brains contain greater nerve cells than men's. The two hemispheres are more connected, which is what gives them superior verbal ability. Okay? There's a reason for that. I love that Conan O'Brien read this on his show one night, and he said, I'd like to say to the authors of that study, duh. You know? But men's brain hemispheres are more disconnected, which gives us more rational and reasonable thought okay which is why we can read maps and check to see if the garage door is up before we start backing out okay uh, i'm just saying and there's so much there's so much more i mean how many of you would agree with me guys women are too emotional women don't think things through you can put your hands up this is a safe zone <laughs> women worry too much about what other people think Huh? Women talk too much. Okay? Women. Women, how many of you put your hands down? How many of you would agree men are not sensitive enough? Okay? Men are afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah? Okay. Uh, men don't listen. Every service they shoot up the fastest on that one. Until I get to this one. Men have a one-track mind. Yeah, okay. All right. You know why we all agree with that? Because it's true. Because it's true. If you understand this, it'll help you a whole lot. I'm amazed at how many times I get into a marriage counseling situation with somebody and they're like, he doesn't listen. And she talks too much. I'm like, hey, do you guys even understand where you're coming from? Do you not understand this? Do you understand the differences? It's really important because you need to be able to appreciate the differences. There's something else in the beginning of the Bible that's really important. It says in Genesis 1:27, before all this, it says, In the image of God, He created them. He created them male and female. Male and female. In the image of God is a female. The image of God is Him 
and not being sensitive enough. And in, in the image of God is her and, and talking too much or not thinking it through or whatever it is. Those are things that are, that are personalities that are driven by the image of God. And when we can understand that, then that will help us to relate to each other in marriage. And it gets us off to a great start. If you don't understand that, if you expect her to be like you or him to be like you, it's going to be a problem. So... Best illustration ever of this is from a book called Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti. Bill and Pam Farrell, marriage counselors, they put this together. They, 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 they summed it up for us, and this illustration will solve a whole lot of your marriage problems right here. Okay? Women are like spaghetti. Okay? There's no place where everything is running together, and there's no place where you can see a noodle beginning or ending, is there? Everything is interconnected. Everything is interwoven. Everything goes back together. Everything is complex. It's just a plate of spaghetti. That is a woman, okay? This is a man. A man is a waffle. A waffle is a box with little boxes inside of it. (laughs) This really will help you, ladies. A guy is like a waffle. He has... A job box, he has a wife box, he has a kid box, he has a church box. And think about it, a garage is a box, a basement is a box, a computer is a box, a TV is a box. Everything is about boxes. And, and here's the important part for you to understand. Guys are only in one box at a time. Women are never in a box. Everything's all flowing together back and forth. Guys are always in one box at a time, which is why we can read a map, because we're not reading a map and wondering if these pants make my butt look big at the same time. Okay, does this help you? All right. If that doesn't help you, this will. This is a woman's entry from a diary and her husband's entry from a diary. Just listen to this. Tonight, I thought my husband was acting weird, she said. We'd made plans to meet at a nice restaurant for dinner. I was shopping with friends all day long, so I thought he was upset that I was a little late. But he made no comment on it. Conversation wasn't flowing, so I suggested that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed, but didn't say much. I asked him what was wrong. He said nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said he wasn't upset, that it had nothing to do with me, not to worry about it. On the way home, I told him that I loved him. He smiled slightly and kept driving. I can't explain his behavior. I don't know why he didn't say, I love you too. When we got home, I felt as if I'd lost him completely and as if he wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there quietly and watched TV. He continued to seem distant and absent. Finally, with silence all around us, I decided to go to bed. About 15 minutes later, he came to bed. To my surprise, he responded to my caress and we made love. But I still felt that he was distracted and his thoughts were somewhere else. He fell asleep. I cried. I don't know what to do. I'm almost sure his thoughts are with someone else. My life is a disaster. Here's his entry. (laughs) Boat wouldn't start. Can't figure it out. At least I got lucky. (laughs) It wouldn't be so funny if it wasn't so stinking true. Okay. One box at a time. Now I want you to see something here. Okay. When you pour syrup on, this is one more important thing before I get onto the rest of it. When you pour syrup in a waffle, some of the boxes stay empty. When you ask your husband what he's thinking and he says nothing, he's serious. 
There's no syrup in that box at that moment. I know you don't understand that because there's never anything empty inside of your brain, but that's the truth, okay? Dr. Larry Krabs said, Often the failure of men and women to meet each other's emotional needs is simply due to ignorance of each other's needs, not selfishness. So let me give you some general things, some general understandings about the opposite sex. You might want to write these down because they'll be simple. But I want to give you just some emotional, general stuff that will ring true. Okay? Guys, let me tell you about women. Okay? I'm no expert on women. I will never understand how a woman could take hot boiling wax and put it on her leg and let it dry and then rip the hairs out by the root and still be afraid of a spider. I will never be able to explain that. Doesn't make any sense, but I've been married for 27 years and I've raised three daughters and I got a couple of things for you. I don't do them, but I understand a couple of them. Number one, she needs to be cherished. She needs to be cherished. Okay. Here's what, here's what, uh, here's what the message paraphrase of that says. She needs to be cherished. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her. She needs to be She needs to know that she's number one in your life. She needs to know that if it came down to choosing between going out with your buddies and being with her, that you would choose to be with her. How how do you cherish your wife? It's really so simple that it's dumb that we forget it. It's the little things, guys. It's it's bringing her a little gift. It's I mean, texting is so wonderful now. It's a little text every once in a while. It's a phone call every once in a while. I will occasionally run across a note or a, a, a card or a letter that I've given my wife in a drawer somewhere, and she's kept them forever. I mean, so in, in our case, literally, there are millions of them laying around the house. We're going to have to get a bigger house to put all the love notes that I've... Guys are like, how long am I supposed to keep this? You know, I mean, why is that so important to them? Because they want to be cherished. They want to know that you love them. They want affection without it leading to something else. They want you to kiss them before you go to work. The little romantic things that make her feel cherished. And, and, And Peter explained it really interestingly in his letter in the New Testament. He said, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives And treat them with respect so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Isn't that fascinating? I get that. As a dad of daughters, here's one thing that you really need to understand. I mean, the guy that took my baby daughter to prom last night, he better have treated her nice. And I know he did. He's a great kid. But you know what? He better have treated her. And the guy who's marrying my daughter, he better be good to my daughter because she's my daughter. She was my daughter before she was yours. Okay? You don't mess with my daughter. Here's what God is saying. God is saying, look, look, guys, I know that you're rough and you're a waffle and you don't get all this, but you need to cherish your wife because she is first my daughter. And when you think about it that way, it really changes the perspective a lot, doesn't it? Okay. One writer wrote, when, you're, when your wife is satisfied in knowing that she is first place in your life and the most important thing to you, she will encourage you to do the things you enjoy. Sometimes guys are like, well, if I cherish her, I'm never going to get to do my own thing. That's not true. He said, it is part of the mystery of marriage. When a woman is truly, genuinely cherished, she feels free to encourage her husband's independence. To love and to cherish till death do us part. That's what you said before God. You've got to cherish her. You've got to understand that she is different than you and cherish her. Secondly, she needs to be known. You're not listening to me, my wife tells me. I don't know if you've ever heard that. You're not listening to me. What bugs me is when I have been listening to her, 
But she doesn't think I'm listening to her. Why? Because instead of actually listening to her, what I've been doing is trying to solve her problems. Thank you. Yes, that's what I do. I'm a professional. It's my job. It happened this week after 27 years of marriage and knowing that I'm going to preach about marriage. I did the same thing. Listen, she doesn't want you to solve her problems. She doesn't need you to tell her how she should feel. You may be right. She may be crazy. But it just might be a lunatic. She's, I'm sorry. Is there, is there Tourette syndrome for song lyrics? Um, she wants you to understand her. She wants you to know her. She wants you to listen to her. Consider this fact. Men say three times as many words in public as they do in private. Fascinating, isn't it? What do you think women do? The opposite. Three times more in private than they say in public. So you've already blasted out all your words by the time you come home from work, and now she wants to start going. Isn't that fascinating? Well, listen, you're going to have to deal with this, guys, because she wants to be known. And that means you've got to listen to her, and you've got to respond back. One woman said, I feel like I'm playing tennis with my husband when I have conversations, but nobody's in the other court. I'm just lobbing balls over there all the time, and nothing's coming back. She wants to be known, okay? They need to have, she needs to have her, her feelings validated. She needs to, she needs to know that that you care about her. Men have a tough time with that. She needs you to say, you're hurting, aren't you? I'm sorry. Let let me try to understand the pressure that you're under. We're bringing in Les and Leslie Parrott where I'm getting some of this material for this series. Um, My favorite marriage counselors. And uh, I'm just showing you a little clip of them so you'll know how they're fun to have. And uh, it kind of explains this knowing thing. I'm always looking for ways to help Les get it. What is it that women really She's want? She's always looking for ways to help me get it. <laughs> I Let am. I'm helpful that way. Yes, you are. <laughs> One night, I was tucking our uh, kindergarten into bed, and, um, you know, he's reading a story then, and it was his favorite, the Winnie the Pooh book, and as we were reading it, it just struck me. I thought, this is it. This captures it. This captures what women want out of a conversation. So, you know, I pray with Johnny, our little kindergartner, and, you know, give him his kiss. And then I run downstairs with the book. I burst into the study where Les is finally working. You know, it's kind of the quiet house. The, the day is finally a productive moment for him in front of his computer screen. And I burst and I say, Les, I just read this unbelievable insight about what women want out of communication, out of a good conversation. He says, what's it from? And I said, well, it's from this Winnie the Pooh book. I was just reading with John. So... He said, okay. And I said, no, listen to this. It's, it's Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, and they're talking. And Piglet says, Pooh? And Pooh says, what, Piglet? And he says, oh, nothing. I just wanted to be sure of you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is wrong with you? You knew that was going to happen, too, didn't you? you know, All the women went, oh, let me ask you guys, have you ever said that to another guy? Oh, nothing. I just wanted to be sure of you. It doesn't make any sense to us, but it doesn't matter. She needs to be cherished. She needs to be known. She needs to be respected. Okay, so a woman sent me this sign. I don't know if it's funny or not. I guess it's funny to half of you. 
The truth is women work really, really hard, and they do work all the time, and she needs to be respected. What do I mean by that? That's different than cherished. She needs to be cherished so that you love her like God's daughter, but she also needs to be respected, okay? Guys are different. When they don't get respect, that's obviously one of theirs I'm going to talk about in a second. Women just get insecure, and they lose themselves if they're not respected. So how do you, how do you respect her? Well, you try to not change her or manipulate her. You include her in the decisions that are going on. You don't wield power over over her, but you respect what she's doing. I have guys say to me all the time, well, the Bible says I'm the head of the household. Really? I say, well, she's the neck and she's going to turn you whichever way you want. So the sooner you get over that, the better. I'm telling you that right now. Respecting your wife means supporting her and fulfilling her dreams and doing your share to respect what she's doing and, and helping her. I mean, let's face it, most of the women in this room gave up a lot more than most of the men in this room when it came to raising kids and having families and doing all those things. And we're at a point now where we're going to be empty nesters in a few months, and now it's time for my wife to be able to do what she wants to do a lot more. That, that's what's going to be really important as I cherish and as I know and as I respect her, okay? I'm still not good at it. I still have a lot of work to be done, but I'm learning these things. Okay, ladies, let me tell you about guys. Okay, they're they're pretty simple. There's a lot of great things about being a guy. Bathroom lines are 80% shorter. Uh, Your underwear is six bucks for a package of three. None of your coworkers have the power to make you cry. You don't care if somebody doesn't notice your haircut. Wedding dress is $2,000. A tux is $100 to rent. You can watch a game in silence with your buddy without thinking, I wonder if he's mad at me. It's great to be a guy. It really is. But as simple as this waffle thing is, okay, as simple as it is, nobody plays a greater role in a, in a man's life than his wife, okay? Now, I'm going to talk about some, just some basic things. I'm not going to talk about that one obvious subject, okay, because we've got kids in here. Let me just give you three. Number one, he needs to be admired. I'm calling it admired instead of respected because it, it's the same thing, but, but, but there's, a, there's a difference to it, okay? I like the way the message paraphrase did this in Ephesians 3. Each wife is to honor her husband. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite books is love and respect by Dr. Emerson Eggridge. I'll put a picture of it up there on the screen so you can see it. I really highly recommend that, uh, love and respect. It's the, my favorite marriage book out right now because it's about how women should, it says in the Bible, your honor, you're to respect your husband. Really, really important that you figure that out because he needs this. Okay. He needs for you to understand who he is. He needs for you to appreciate him. He needs for you to, to understand and validate him just like you want him to understand and validate you. But but the difference is men find their self-worth in the things that they do, okay? They get their worth in the things that they do. Women get it in the thing, in who they are, in their relationships, okay? Men get it from what they do, women from who they are. When women receive at, do not receive respect from their husbands, they react to it differently than guys do. Uh, but, but here's what's really important. Andy Stanley said it really well. He said, the relationship or the environment that we feel most competent in as men will capture our hearts and probably the majority of our time and affection. Let me say that again. The relationship or the environment that we feel most competent in as men will capture our hearts and possibly the majority of our time and attention. What does that mean? If we feel competent at work, then we will work. If we feel competent with our friends, then we will be with our friends. If we feel competent in a hobby, then we will do that hobby. If we feel competent at home, we will want to be at home. If we're made to feel incompetent at home, then we're not going to want to be there. 
Admiration is important. And before you go thinking, okay, well, I'll just fake it. Um, faking is bad in every situation, Meg Ryan. <laughs> this is why... This is why passion is so important to a man, because he needs to feel competent. He needs, it's more than just physiology. He needs to feel wanted in a way that only you can do. He needs to be admired. That's number one. Number two, he needs autonomy. It's a universal male need. I, sometimes he needs to go into his box, and he needs for you to leave him alone. Okay? He needs a little space. I've never understood why women love cats. It doesn't make any sense. Cats don't listen to you. Cats stay out all night. When they come home, they just sleep on the couch. They don't pay any attention to you. They're just like men, but you love them. I don't understand that. <laughs> Part of the deal is men need to regroup. They need autonomy to regroup. And women will come to me and they'll say, well, Tim, when my husband comes home, he just wants to read the paper or he just wants to go out and water the lawn or go do something. And I say, yeah, I know. I get that. So let him. I promise he'll come back around if you just let him. Give him some space. Give him some time. Let him go to his man cave and hang out for a little bit, and he will come back to you. Leave him in his waffle. He needs a little bit of space. And then the last one, uh, admiration. He needs some autonomy, and he needs shared activity. I know you're like, wait a minute. You just told me to leave him alone. Now you want, I'm supposed to do something with him. Well, let me, let me explain this, okay? When you start, when you were dating, ladies, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I love the rodeo. Let's go to the bull riding show. That's great. <laughs> Ee-haw. And then you got married, and you're like, oh, no, you, you go do that. I got my own thing. And, and while he does need his space, and while, you know, that beer commercial does sound good, like he's off in the boonies, you know, rafting the river with a case of beer and his men, friends, saying it just doesn't get any better than this, the truth of the matter is, he really does want to be with you. He does, he does want to have shared activity. He does want some things that are going on together. He does want for you to share together. Okay? Husbands place surprising importance on having their wives as companions. So, so I, but, but, but Timmy doesn't want to sit and talk to me, but he wants to do things with me. Yeah. He wants to do stuff. Okay? Remember, he's a guy. He's a doer. You're an R-er. He's a doer. So if you want to be together with him, guys, sometimes you need to go R with her, okay? And sometimes you need to go and you need to have conversation. And after she lets you go and hang out in your, bat, in your man cave for a little while, you need to come back to her and you need to be with her. But ladies, if you go do something with him at the same time, I think you could solve a whole lot of this. You know when the best times for us, my wife and I, is when we're driving. I mean, her folks live eight hours away, so we're there a lot. And, you know, I got, got a kid in Nashville, so we got to drive. I love driving. You know why? Because we can have a conversation and I can do something at the same time. I'm multitasking the relationship. Just one idea, okay? So conclusion. What does the husband need to know? He needs to know that his wife needs to be cherished and known and respected. The woman needs to know that her husband needs to be admired, that he needs some autonomy, and then he needs some shared activity. Now, this is why this is really important. I'm going to bring it all back home. Paul said to the church at Rome, he said, May the God who gives this patience and encouragement help you to live in harmony, complete harmony with each other, with the attitude that Christ Jesus has towards the other. What's that attitude? Accept each other just as Christ accepted you. 
accept each other. This will go so far in your marriage if you will learn to accept one another. This will go so far in all of your relationships if you'll learn to accept one another. But then what does he go on to say? He says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you, and then God will be glorified. I'm going to keep coming back to that. God is going to be glorified when, when, when people look at you and they see the snake bite and they see what's going on in your life, but they see that you as a man are accepting of your wife and who she is and how God made her in his image. And she's his daughter and you're going to take care of her. And when you, they see you ladies taking care of your man and admiring him and, and knowing that even though you don't get this waffle thing and you don't see how everything can't be interconnected, that you're going to accept him as he is made in God's image on that side. And you're going to love him anyway, just like Christ loved. How did Christ love? He didn't ask for anything back. He gave it all. And then if you do that, God is going to be glorified. I read a devotional thought from Henry Now, and a great Catholic writer, about every day. And uh, one of them this week was <clears throat> about the difference between the first love and the second love. He said all the problems in our relationships, a lot of the problems in our relationships, have to do with fa- the fact that we have a first love and we have a second love. The first love is the love that God gives us, that perfect kind of agape love that comes down from heaven. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. A greater love is no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends. That's the first love. And then we've got the second love. We're supposed to love God. And then the second love is to love our neighbor as ourselves. He said, the problem in our relationships is when we start looking to the second love relationships to try to fulfill the first love in our life. It doesn't matter whether you're married or single or young or old or whatever in this crowd today. I need to help you to understand that the only way you get to that point, the only way you can dance through the minefields and get to the point. I love that line. When I get old and forget my name, will you remind me? The only way that you can be there is if you stop putting first love expectations on your second love and start realizing that you've got to get your first love from God. That you, that you come right now at this moment. That's why we do this every week in this room. You come at this moment and you realize that God gave us unconditional perfect love. And then you go out and you share that as second love and you be Christ and you accept one another as Christ accepted you. But don't try to put all that on somebody else because nobody else is ever going to meet that need. There's only one that loved you like God loves you. And we're going to celebrate that right now. Let's pray. Jesus, as we celebrate this love that you gave us, this perfect sacrificial love that you would die on the cross for us. We just want to learn a lesson. We want to, we want to relish that grace and live in that grace and that love. And as we take these emblems, we will remember how much you love us. And then we will learn that lesson and we will go out and we will accept one another. We will be an example of Christ in the church. We will accept as you accepted us so that God can be glorified. And we will learn to love. We will learn to love like you showed us how to love. But we're never going to expect that from somebody else because it's never going to happen. We got all the love that we need from you. You are love. We celebrate that in communion right now. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for forgiving us for our sins. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.